And the idea with digging is these big rocks, these are like ideas that have been placed in people's lives very early on. And the thing that's interesting with these rocks, these, these like false beliefs, is that they feel kind of foundational in our lives because they've been there for so long and they're these sturdy things that have been there for always. So it's like they gotta, they gotta be foundational. And it's like, well, they're actually, you know, they're actually not. Hi, it's Yvette here. Listen, I'm just going to take a few seconds to ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, then hit the subscribe or the follow button if you haven't already, right now on your phone or on your computer, and leave me a five-star rating. And then leave me a review and tell me what you love about the show or what you'd like me to talk about. All this really helps to send out the message of the Positively Joy podcast to the people who need to hear it. And then finally, if you love it, then share this with everybody that you know. Thanks so much. That's it. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Positively Joy, where you'll find God in the everyday, in everyday blessings, everyday happiness, and even everyday sorrows. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. Here we look for God in the commonplace, and we find His joy in the details. Listen at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you go for podcasts. Today we talk to Alec Casson, author, YouTube influencer, and a Christian. Casson's message is vital to today's season of starting over, planting our purpose. Alec, hi. Thanks so much for being on the show today. How are you? Good, Yvette. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I want to talk to you about both your book and your YouTube channel and really just all about why you're trying to connect people closer to Christ. Mm, um, yes. So just to introduce you a little bit to our audience. So you are the author of Planting Your Purpose, and you're also the host of The Current Christian, uh, which is a YouTube channel dedicated to helping people succeed in their walk with Christ. And Amazon calls you a modern day man after God's heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does that mean to you? <laughs> um. I've just, well, it's something where it's like, I've heard a lot of people tell, tell that about me. And after some like digging into that, cause I had a similar question with that. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And they're like, well, it just seems like you're really trying to take the lessons and the wisdom of the, of the Bible and having it be something that doesn't seem so ancient times. And they're really trying to make it more practical and like modern. Cause it's interesting. The truths of the Bible they're not, they're not dated, they're truths. Therefore, they remain true for all time. So I'm like, okay, if it's true back then, it'll be true now. So maybe I just got to like rephrase, well, not rephrase, but like um, reapply the lessons in it to, to make sense for how we're living life today. Yeah, and you know, make it more down to earth, which is funny because, I mean, Christ was the most down to earth person you can imagine, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> So you tell your readers and your viewers that you're looking for, you know, refreshing and encouraging takes on on how to lead a fruitful life with Jesus as the foundation. And I think that's so great. And I heard you on another show. I think I, I told you about that, um, where you were talking about that God cares more about who you are than what you do. And I really wonder, like, how did you come upon this? You're a young man. Um, you got some wisdom going on here. So how'd you come upon this? Yeah. So, well, that, 
I, I definitely am not going to try to like take the credit of uh, learning that. That was like uh, kind of God just imparting some wisdom on me because at the time that revelation kind of came about two years after graduating college, like up until the point when I was getting ready to graduate from college, I wanted to go to school to be a physical therapist. And it was just like the more I was learning about physical therapy and the closer I was getting to that field, the more that I felt God was placing on my heart to go to, to move away from those things. And it was very challenging because I went to school for that because I felt like God wanted me to be there. Yet I also felt like God was calling me away from that. So I was like, God, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, um, then, yeah, two years after graduating college, um, I was really trying to, I was starting the current Christian YouTube channel. I was really trying to venture out into this field of like trying to do ministry. And I hit a point where it was like, I have to start, I have to move back into my parents' basement. And Oh no, that's the one was, thing we never. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, there's that stigma around it and it hit hard for me. It was like, I, cause I was totally sold on the vision that like, oh, you go to school, you graduate um, especially with the one with where, where you're going to be a doctor. It's like, oh, you become a doctor, you make a lot of money, and then you know, you're know you helping people too. But right. that just didn't happen. But I also didn't fully pursue my doctorate. But it was just like, I was told, like, you go to school, you get a good job, you make good money, and then things are good and things are easy. And that just wasn't the case, especially if you're pursuing something that you feel like God isn't calling you towards. Mm-hmm. And just when I was like in the, in the cool basement at the end of that pullout bed, I was just like, really was praying to God. I was just like, what do I do? Like, what is, and it, and it kept coming back to that, that word, what, like looking back on it, it was almost like reverberating in my brain. And then it began to, and then I began to see like God was revealing to me. It's like, you're focusing so much on the what, like, what do I do when I go to college? Like, what should I be doing? Like, what job do I need to have? And he's like, but who are you trying to be in the process of this? And I was like, whoa, like that's some big stuff. That's pretty deep, God. Yeah, right. So I was like, "Well," and then and then at that point, I was like, "Okay, well, how do I go about like learning this?" And he's like, "Ooh," and then like I could just feel like the encouragement of like, "Good, keep asking questions and look into it," and that kind of inspired the journey of of writing "Planting Your Purpose," which originally it was just going to be like a three part YouTube video series because I was like, "Well, if I'm going to learn this, I may as well make it a videos to put on YouTube for other people." And then it was just like, I read one book and then it read, it came, turned into like reading two books. And then I was listening to different like interviews and podcasts and started talking to pastors. And I was like, well, this is a lot of notes for a couple five minute YouTube videos. And then, yeah, it was just like, wow, I, I could, this could really be made into something that could be a resource for other people who are trying to kind of discover God's calling in their own life as well. Yeah. Two years later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you talked about going to school. Uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself and your family and who were your early influences? Mm. Yeah, so me, I'm I'm kind of like, it's funny, like, you know, I was kind of bashing school a little bit, but like, I, I love working out. I love health and exercise. And that's actually like the degree that I got is health and exercise science. So like, technically, I'm a scientist. Some people are like, Oh, so like, where'd you get your like pastoral degree? I'm like, I didn't go to seminary, but I just love, I love reading the Bible. I love all the wisdom that Jesus Mm -hmm. teaches in it and just the history of uh, the Jewish people and stuff like that. But yeah, exercise scientist, love reading the Bible. Um, I'm married to wonderful woman. And even that whole thing of 
graduating from college and then still staying around the college campus area. God just kind of allowed things to work out properly. We're like months before I was leaving, like her and I had like kind of crossed paths and yeah. And now, now we're like together. So I was like, Whoa. And, uh, nice. Yeah. What was, I was sorry. I forgot what the other, the other question early, was. early influences. Oh, early influences. Yeah. So actually in my book, I talk about, well, I talk about a lot of people in the book, but specifically in the introductory, I introduce this, uh, this character called coach satchel and he's a character. Like, all right. Like, uh, but he's an actual person as well, but he was a, a football coach. And when I was in high school, one of my friends had accidentally signed me up to play football. And it's funny because... Wait, wait, wait. Accidentally signed you yeah. up to play football? <laughs> yeah. So, well, the story is, so it's like, it's funny because people will look at me now and they'll look at like my background. They're like, yeah, you're, so you're like the exercise science guy. You like working out and you're telling me you were a chubby kid. You were out at, you were overweight when you were a child. And I was like, yes. I grew. I was on the McDonald's diet, and this was before the Super Size Me documentary, so we didn't know better. Uh, so I was a real chubby kid, and one of my friends was talking to another one of one of our friends about playing football. And this friend of ours, Tom, he looked like him and I. People would think that we were twins. We both had the same haircut, same chubby faces, and everything. So my friend thought he was signing him up but confused our faces and was like, Oh yeah, no, who? Yeah. I was talking with Alec about that and signed me up instead. <laughs> and he calls me like first week into summer. And he's like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm at home. He's like, why are you at home? I'm like, because it's summer. And he's like, well, I'm at school. Why aren't you at school? I'm like, dude, because it's summer. Why would I be at school? He's like, I signed you up for football practice. You're supposed to be here. I was like, dude, we never talked about that. And he's like, Oh, I, he's like, I just realized I was supposed to sign Tom up. Oh man, I got to call him real quick. And my mom had overheard the conversation and she was like, if you want to do football, we'll drive you there. And it's cool. Cause that's actually what helped. Like she was like, Oh, if you're going to do football, I'll get you like personal trainer. And then that really kind of helped to kickstart yeah. uh, getting in some better shape. And the inspirational person I met on the football field was coach Satchel. He was this big, uh, just this big guy, big personality, big booming voice. And it was really cool because something about just a booming presence, like I had, uh, I had mentioned this to someone else, uh, my, my buddy, Matt, he's, he's a pastor and he was, he was asking about this story of how I met coach Satchel and I was telling him how coach Satchel was kind of scary, but like scary in the sense of like, like, you know how there's like that, that terminology of fear of the Lord. Yes. It was like something like that. Cause he, this guy was just like powerful. He had a lot of influence and uh, a loud voice. And I imagine God could be loud if he wanted to. Um, <laughs> but there was something about that that was actually like, that kind of drew me closer because on the outside, you know, I was a big chubby kid, but I also felt very like soft on the inside, so to speak. And I was like, I want to be like this, like, I don't know, something about his character was inspiring. I wanted to be a stronger, more confident man. You, respect, you respected him and you wanted probably some of that respect in return, huh? Yeah. And it was cool. Cause like I told him like the first day of practice, I'm like, dude, I don't look at <laughs> me. I, these kids, they want to be here. And I was like, I not only, not only do I not really want to be here, but I didn't even sign myself up. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think I'll do well. And 
it was really cool because he kind of like to paraphrase what he what he said. He's like, hey, look at the, like if you look at the seniors, the senior varsity players, like they're not here. Like some of them, yes, they're here because they like playing football, but they're here. Like they're here, here. They're present in this moment because they want to improve themselves as individuals. Like they see that the challenges they face on the football field would provide them the skills that they need to do well in the real world. And even though you don't want to be here to like play football or like score touchdowns, whatever, like it doesn't mean you won't have a greater purpose for being here. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And, uh, but it's funny because we had that like heart to heart, but he was always like uh, finding ways to like push my buttons and like, like not make me upset or anything, but he knew he was like, I'll like, I could push this cast and kid harder in, in certain areas and others. And there was actually this joke where my nickname was mama's boy because my mom called him up ahead of time. And was like, Oh, coach Satchel, my baby is uh, you know, he's never played football before. I just want to let, and he's like, Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Casson, I'll take care of him. And then like that <laughs> next day I hear mama's boy. And I look, Oh, I was like, I knew it was me. I knew it was me. Even though like I had never been given that nickname before, but Coach Satchel, he was so that was the nickname from then on out. But oh my goodness, yeah. But I, it was like I understood. Like it was all out of uh, it was all from a good heart. And plus, like not every kid got a nickname on the football team. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take it. I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> could have <laughs> it could have been worse. So. But yeah, he was a very inspirational, uh, very inspirational man for me growing up. Mm, I understand. Um, were you raised uh, in a religion? Mm, yeah. So I grew up uh, Christian going to church. Uh, it wasn't like, like we weren't always going every Sunday. It wasn't like a super uh, like strict type of thing. There was only like certain occasions where like holidays. And then when I was getting, uh, when I was going to school, uh, when I was going to church for like confirmation, um, those were like times when I was like, I had to go like, you know, had to go sure, yeah, <laughs> type of thing. Um, but the church I went to was pretty awesome. It was, it was really laid back. I know like early on I would like play like Game Boy behind the chairs a little bit. And, you know, I wasn't making noise. So my parents didn't care. And it was, a, it was a pretty chill place, but it was cool because it allowed the space for me to like understand God's, desire to have like a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And that really grew with like doing middle school mission trips because I got to see firsthand, like, wow, experiencing God's presence is more than just hearing a guy talk on a stage on Sunday. Like this is something that he want, like God wants to be part of our whole lives, like not just Sunday morning. I was like, Whoa, this is really cool. And uh, yeah, from there it was just like the seeds that eventually uh, grew and had taken root and kind of brought me to, to where I am now. It wasn't like uh, super straightforward. You know, there's times where I drifted away, came back, was like, Oh, I'm close to God. And then I was like, Oh, don't like, uh, like, uh, yeah, just <laughs> different seasons in lives, you know, the ebbs and ebbs and flows. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you had this conversation with God and, you know, you knew that you wanted a relationship with him, but there you were in your parents' basement wondering what's what's next for me you know which yeah. is a question that so many people of all ages and all demographics have to be honest in this current season that we're all walking in i think there's probably a lot of what's next for me mm. being asked right now um but and then 
And then he talks to you about the who, the who and the why, and not so much the what. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the book and how how this came to be. Yeah, so the book was really, it started off as just me taking notes on my own journey of trying to discover like who God is calling me to be. And then eventually it got to a point where these notes where I was kind of documenting my own journey turned into something where I was like, you know, I can, I can kind of mold this in a way where it can be applicable for other people. Cause I noticed that in a lot of different types of books, they would talk about purpose and calling, but it was almost like they were emphasizing that like pe- they're trying to let people know that God does have a calling. Like God, he wants to get people's attention. And then like, by the end of it, you're like, all right, Like, what is it? (laughs) And then there was other ones where they were very, very specific. It was like super specific. And I had actually like talked with a couple pastors about this. Like they had recommendations for books and they mentioned a few and I can't remember them off the top of my head, but they'd be like, oh, this one book is really great. And it was like, it, it really had me wanting to explore the idea of calling, especially like trying to bring that subject up to people in our congregation. But the only thing I didn't like is at the end of the book, it just kind of threw it in your face. It's like, here it is. And it's like, it didn't, and then for, for them, they were saying it didn't like feel right. Cause it's like, it starts off on this idea of like, you're exploring and you're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, here's the answer. And it's like, Oh, that's. So yeah. The, an- the answer for who, right? Yeah. Right. So with this, I was like really trying to keep the process as, as broad as I could because I didn't want other people to, at the end, feel like they got gypped, so to speak. <laughs> I wanted them to get to the end of it and look at at this statement that they wrote and the notes that they've been taking along this journey and be like, hmm, this is, this is not just me, but this is kind of like who God is highlighting for me to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like, it's, it's really cool. And there's also like, um, like the verbiage in it as well like the idea of calling um, like there's so many different definitions for it, like interpretations of it. And I'm not trying to say like my book has the right definition, but the terminology that we use or that I use in the book is that like when people are trying to find their calling, it's not a vocation and it's not spiritual gifts, but it's like, it's a character. It's like, who is it you're, you're, you're called to be? Because if you look at, the different influential figures in the Bible of like Moses, Joseph, Jesus, like anyone you could really think of. Yes. There are certain events, things that they did that were pretty amazing, but what really has them stand out in the Bible is like who they were. Cause the actions, Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> the actions that they did were merely expressions of who they were. Mm-hmm. And because there's definitely people like uh, King King Saul, he he did some things that were seen as like good, where it's like oh, like on the outside, it was like early on in his career of being the first king, things were going well, but internally, like who he was began to be expressed, and it just wasn't. I was gonna say wasn't gelling right with the uh, <laughs> wasn't vibing right with with the with the role of being king, you know, I can see what you mean. Like for him, there was a lot of doubt 
and that doubt really began to express himself once David came around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took a lot out. He took a lot of that out on David, obviously. So if he if he wasn't the person that he was, then what happened, what unfolded might have been different. So I can, you know, and you're almost talking about people thinking about what's my avatar? Like what, mm-hmm. what kind of person am I? And I think, again, that's really applicable to now. We have a lot of people who may be out of work or who may be struggling a little bit when they're trying to think uh, about next steps or, and they're probably thinking a lot about the what, but maybe as you say, they need to go back. They need to go back to the self and find out a little bit more about who I am and will this, will discovering who I am take me down a different path I never even thought of before. Yeah. Cause it's cool. Like the, what that you do may not be able to translate well to different jobs. Cause it's like, Oh, what did you do? Like, like I did, like, this is going to be a little gross. I did, uh, you know, when people like pass away and they donate like their organs and their tissues mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So when I was in college, I, I did that as a career. So it's like, what did you do? It's like, I could get into detail, but then like, if I'm trying to go, I was trying to translate that to being a personal trainer. I was like, Hmm. They're like, Oh, what did you do? And I was like, I don't think that's going to apply in the gym here, (laughs) but knowing the who of who I am, it's like, Oh, like if like for anyone, like if you know who you are, you can bring those skills and people love seeing that because just because you could be like slightly, experienced in a certain type of field where it's like, I kind of like, like I've worked a bit with, uh, working on Excel with computers, but what I lack in Excel, I can make up for in my ability to communicate with people, to collaborate outside the box thinker. I love like thinking creatively to provide different solutions. So even though I might not know the certain equations, I can probably come up with something that you or the people who were working here before me didn't think of. And that's way like, you know, immediately that sounds way more valuable than it's like, I have seven years experience on Excel. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if I would want to, like, I mean, yeah, seven years experience is good. I don't want to, Excel is a hard program, but right, the, right. The, the who can really, it, that transfers no matter where you go. Absolutely. Does prayer enter into this for you? Oh, in, within the process of? Uh, yes. Yes. In a sense, like. Like in the in the book, I had brought up uh, that when God is like placing a vision on our heart and God's calling us to go on this journey, He's not going to lead us to a place where we can feel we can one hundred percent like do it all on our own. Like we may have those moments of confidence where we feel like, oh, I can just do everything. But the ultimate vision, the ultimate place that we're going, it requires God to be there with us because He wants to. So. Like, why give us a vision where we don't think or where we think we can do it without him? Because that reliance on him is what helps to build that relationship. So in terms of like the prayer in the process, it's kind of like how Jesus talks about like praying continually. It's sort of that, like as you're reading through it, you are thinking and bringing it to God throughout the process and being open to, I call them kind of like the Holy Spirit nudges, where it's kind of you get those bouts of like a little bit of inspiration while you're reading it. And you're like, like, oh, I didn't even think, like you'll be reading a sentence and it sparks something. And it's like, it's not even related, but then you're going to write it down <laughs> somewhere else. So I love that. Yeah. So it's like, I've had people tell me, they're like, I, I couldn't finish today's reading because I just, it reminded me of something. I just had to start writing and it was just like, it was really cool, but I can't wait to finish, you know, the reading for today. And I was like, hey, go for it. You know, it's, 
it's your own personal journey. So embrace, you know, embrace those moments. Nice, nice. So you embarked upon this journey and you're taking us along with you. Um, so you've been on this journey and you started the channel a couple of years ago. Um, where would you say you are now and what do you have left to do? Hmm. That's a good question because there's like the the immediate now and the immediate next things to do. Um, like I definitely have in terms of like things that I got to do now, it's at a point where I know I need to like prepare a bunch of things. So um, online, on social media, I've heard about how people will batch process a whole bunch of social media posts because to try to every single day create something new and just even oh, yeah. that, that idea of creating, I'll get back to that in a sec, but to sit down and try to take 20 minutes every single day to create something in that spot and then get out of the groove and then have to do that again the next day, there's so much time that gets missed. But if you batch process the whole thing, it makes stuff a lot easier, but it's also very tough because to tell yourself for a whole seven days, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on a single activity. It feels out of place. But in certain seasons of life, in, in certain seasons of life, like you do have to do a certain activity, like the same thing a lot. And to tie it into like a gardening analogy, if there's a certain time, a certain season where you got to plant seeds, you got to, that's what you're going to be doing <laughs> like for a good amount of days. And then when it's harvest season, you know, then you're going to be like a lot of people hear like, oh, harvest season. And you're thinking like, oh, all the goodies are coming to me. It's like, no, you got to go out there. You got to go in the field. You got to trim the things and you got to wash the fruit off and put it. So it's like, but you're going to only be doing that for a little while. So that's one thing for me that I got to be doing. And then with the uh, idea of this idea of creation, like creating content, um, I've had, I've heard this from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and from a few other uh, content creators about how instead of creating content you should try to like document one's life and that was kind of hard at first to get in the swing of because i'm like so i'm just gonna post like an instagram photo of my breakfast like that's not related to the brand at all and it's like no no no, no not that type of thing like when you're documenting your life um it's like really just it's recording the journey and if you can find those moments that you feel will really identify with your audience, then you should document that. So for example, I've been reading like a couple books with this idea of, uh, or exploring the, the idea of content creation stuff. And my buddy was like, well, are you writing down your ideas for that? I was like, well, yeah, I'm taking some little notes here and there. And he's like, but are you like documenting the journey? And then it just was like, boom, like a, like a gong sound. I was like, whoa, I was like, this could be the, the way that I'm documenting the, the, the process. And right. yeah. So, so like, I don't know if someone out there needed to hear that in order to get on their content creation or content documenting game and step that up. Um, when you were, you know, going down this journey, I imagine that you um, spent a lot of time with the Bible. Um, do you have any favorite scripture that you like to stand on? Um, either in the season when you were going through it or, or now, um, or did you, or is there like a favorite, favorite verse that you've just stood on for years? Hmm. Well, one thing I really 
one thing that really helps to like plant the messages of, or like plant the wisdom that comes from scripture in my heart is understanding the message of it. Like it's a lot of people who memorize verses, which is definitely like a good thing to do. But a thing for me is like to really plant, like, what is that message? Cause I feel like I can work with it more. Um, and one of them is the idea where it's like, you can try to like, you can try to plan a lot of things for your life. And I'm pretty sure this is like a proverb where it's like, you can try to plan your life out, but God guides each step along the way. Mm-hmm. And that definitely provides like a lot of comfort for me because I know that God is there like every step of the way. And I got to trust that he's guiding, guiding the process and he's navigating each step in the journey. There's one where it's a, uh, it's like those who are trusted with little things will be entrusted with a lot. And that was uh, Jesus like had used that in a parable. Mm-hmm. And with that one, it's like really interesting because those who are, con- those who can be trusted with like a little, th- with the little things. So it's like, it's really cool because that can apply to anyone no matter where they're at. So anything that you have, even the little things, like if you can take responsibility and like show that you can, manage those things properly, then it goes to show that you can manage bigger things very well. And I've also used that first to like discern who to, who to trust with certain projects as well. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, you're supposed to text me that thing at seven and didn't happen. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. And it's like, ah, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know until, until it's like, you can trust someone with those small things. Then it's like, okay, yeah, now you can trust them with, with even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the book is planting your purpose and I'm hearing a lot of planting and gardening metaphors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you, are you a gardener? Where's this all, where's all this coming from? There's gardening analogies that are found in the Bible a lot. So I definitely like yes. relied on some of those. And then other things I'm like, I think I need to look at it because it sounds good in my head. And then I'm like, well, I got to look this up. I got to make sure this is a thing. So uh-huh. there's a, <laughs> it's cool. Cause like in the, the overarching theme, you know, planting your purpose. I want to have that overarching theme be this idea of planting. Mm-hmm. So each chapter of the book kind of covers one of these different areas. And the first chapter is kind of like providing people the, the groundwork. So it's like you can imagine like you're getting the tools ready, everything that you need before you start so that you know you can go into this garden and get things going because you got all the tools that you need. And that's doing things like, kind of pre-framing, giving certain terminology. Cause like the idea of calling, I had people say like, Oh, that's cool. I really needed a book on spiritual gifts. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not. So it's like, right. it kind of helped to clarify certain things. And this was an interesting thing when cultivating the ground, it's used kind of interchangeably. Like there's one type of cultivating where it's like, Oh, you're collecting. You could think of it like harvesting, but in here cultivating is more of preparing, preparing the dirt. So it's like turning over the topsoil because there's a lot of times that what will happen is the soil is just not ready for seeds to be planted. And if the seed, if the soil is not ready for the seeds to be planted, then like it doesn't matter how many seeds you're trying to plant. It just won't be receptive of it. So in this section, it's very similar. It's like kind of cultivating our hearts, so to speak. So we'll be a bit more receptive of like what God might be trying to highlight in our own lives. And it even, we, we go through some of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes because it really helps to give that broader perspective and shed some more awareness on things. 
um, like the, the idea of like the love of money and uh, doing things out of like envy or greed, things like that. But it's cool because like, that's just like a couple examples, but it really like will highlight things for the individual where it's like, mm, like, yes, I should like, I need to be a bit more aware of that. And then it goes into right. like, like digging. Cause you could imagine cultivating. If you got like the rake cultivating the dirt, there might be some yes. like big rocks. Like you could imagine like, okay, you're turning over the topsoil, but then there might be stuff buried underneath. Yeah. And the idea with digging is these big rocks these are things that have been like, I, these are like ideas that have been placed in people's lives very early on. And the thing that's interesting with these rocks, these, these like false beliefs is that they feel kind of foundational in our lives because they've been there for so long. And they are these sturdy things that have been there for always. So it's like, they gotta, they gotta be foundational. And it's like, well, actually, you know, they're actually not, they're actually taking up space for the roots that God wants to be, digging deeper into our hearts like it hits those and it can't actually go any further so we're like missing out on further growth and i've related it in the bible where like various biblical characters have actually like self-sabotaged their own growth because as they're growing these false beliefs have been kind of tapped into and then things kind of crumble apart for them so with this digging section it's like all right now we got to like start digging out some of these false beliefs that we got there and at this point it's like all right our hearts are receptive. We've acknowledged and started the process of taking out these false beliefs. Now you got to like, we got to look out at the garden and kind of see like, all right, what are we dealing with? Cause you don't want to go just like right in and start working on things. You got to like envision what God's going to be doing with this. Right. And at that point, it's like, we're trying to picture the end game. Like, where are we going? What's the end result? And there's some actually like some really cool exercises inspired by the book of Ecclesiastes to help give that broader perspective of things. And I don't want to like spoil it, but there's some like really, there's some really cool exercises in there that have helped give a lot of people some like greater understanding of like where they're going in life. Cause some of the amazingness of the book of Ecclesiastes is how it sheds awareness on like life and death and especially like puts that emphasis on death. Like what are we doing with our lives? And like, if we keep doing things this way and we get to the end of our life doing those things, like is our life really fulfilling? So it kind of takes some of that stuff and kind of uh, broadens it out a little bit. The thing that's cool though, is that at this point you get to the planting section and now we're, um, now we're reflecting on everything that we've been through throughout this journey we are beginning to actually like pick out the seeds, which are kind of like the values that we find in Jesus and are starting to like acknowledge which ones resonate with us. Cause not all seeds work best in all environments, you know? So certain seeds that would do well for plants that could grow in the desert might not do well for like the swamps in Florida or something like that. And it's not that they're bad. It's not that certain seeds are better than others, but it's like being aware of like which seeds grow more in us. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because all of the values come from things that we see Jesus do in his life and his ministry. But it's like, which ones like will really like take root in our hearts. And it's like picking those planting those. And at that point, it's kind of like, okay, now we, have something to work with. And then the book kind of 
wraps up with just some some tools and tips moving forward because you would think at that point it's like oh cool I've got you know I know the vision I know where God like who God's calling me to be and it's like the end and it's like no 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 that's it like now it's the beginning like now it's the beginning of life like you get to really like look at this and try to make plans and decisions based on who it is that God's calling you to be so I kind of I decided I added in like an extra chapter when it got to that point talking about the idea of like watering grooming and weeding just to help better catalyze one's growth Mm -hmm. while also trying to diminish like spiritual weeds that might be coming up. So yeah, it's the, the gardening analogy definitely goes pretty deep, but don't worry. The whole thing's not all about gardening. Like there's, there's parts where it's like, uh, talks about other things too. (laughs) Oh no, but no, I mean, I, you're right. There's a lot of gardening analogies in the Bible and in, in Jesus in many of his parables, um, the spiritual weeds that you just mentioned, uh, that's just, to me, that's like so deep. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, and I know they'll be able to find the book on Amazon and on your website. Uh, what's your website? Yeah. So actually, if you wanted to get the book for free and just pay for the cost of shipping, you can go to plantingyourpurpose.com and, uh, you know, that's just all one word, but if you'd prefer getting it on Amazon, you're welcome to as well. But yeah, it's just like I've, I'm able to get the book at a much better discount than one could get it directly from Amazon. So by getting it on the website, I mean, you just, if you pay for the shipping, I will send it right to your door. So that's, wow, that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And again, that is plantingyourpurpose.com. Yep. All right. That's great. That's great. Well, Alec, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of pe- people out there who need to hear this message. Yeah, Yvette, thank you so much for having me on here. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you. I'm have, I'm, it's a little early for me to say, but I'm starting, I'm starting my own podcast too. And okay. if you wanted, I'd love to, you know, return the favor, have you on yeah, there. Of course. Yes. Well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So the, the podcast I'm going to be starting up, uh, talks about very similar things of looking into who God's calling us to be, but the emphasis will also be very focused on like growing one's ministry and even one's like Christ centered business. And the podcast is going to be called the ministry mastermind podcast. And mm. it'll have a very similar feel of it's pretty much like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to grow my own ministry. I want to document, you know, document, I want to document the journey and uh, have other people along the ride for it. And being able to have a platform where I could express that and then also have an amazing creatives like yourself uh, guest speak on there would be, you know, nice. this is pretty much why I'm doing it. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on the show and taking your time uh, and sharing a lot of this really important information that I think people need to hear. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. It was was my honor to to be part of your podcast and uh, getting to talk with you. Thanks again to Alec for telling us how to get his book, Planting Your Purpose, free, basically just paying for shipping. Go to plantingyourpurpose.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Positively Joy podcast. Please go to PositivelyJoy.com to listen to previous episodes to learn how to get a free teachable on five ways to choosing joy and more great information. We'll see you next time. As always, farewell for now.